Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziggler Show where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, this belief is why you live like you do. Every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets, said W. Edwards Deming. I actually referenced that in show 757 on this similar topic. Right now, your system, your habits and routines are designed to produce the results you are getting. Mine as well. Some of it we were intentional with. A lot of it we often are not. Either way, we've agreed to a system that is getting us the results that we get. If we want to change the results, we must change the system. No secret or brilliance in that statement. You've heard the concept before. The problem and opportunity, however, is us. And I believe we're all simply living up to our expectations. What's interesting is how we would reshape our living our routines better ourselves based upon a change in expectations. So here's a question I posted to the Ziegler audience. If you were given $1 million today to be in top shape mentally and physically in 12 months time, uh, at which time you would then get a high paying role or job you loved, how would you start preparing training and caring for yourself? Uh, and I haven't mentioned it in a while. If you want to join these weekly conversations, I would really uh, invite you. I'd like to get your feedback to these questions as well. You can find me on Facebook at agent K as in Kevin Miller. So I'm about to read a bunch of the replies and I'm imploring you not to discount this concept. Your first reaction will likely be to scoff and say, well, well, sure. It's much easier to make needed changes with a guaranteed payday ahead of you. Right. But then that implies you're not currently making changes that you'd like to make because you don't believe they'll pay off. And that's pretty telling. Uh, it's, a, it's a significant perspective. It's really a crisis of faith then that we're looking at. And again, I say we, uh, we, me too. It's a crisis of faith, of belief. Uh, so think on that as you hear how people responded. And please know I'm in this boat with you too. This speaks to me just as much as you and has me looking to make some changes right away. So I'll get started reading the responses as soon as I share some great products and services with you. All right. So here again, this is the question people are responding to. If you were given $1 million today to be in top shape mentally and physically in 12 months, at which time you would then get a high paying role or job you love, uh, how would you start preparing training and caring for yourself? Folks, I am doing this solo. I, I really intend to just uh, read through as many of these as I can. You've got the premise and I want us to think on uh, oh, again, think on what I, what I really believe this boils down to that we will change for the better if the outcome is guaranteed, but often we won't do what it takes to guarantee the outcome. And this comes down to faith and belief and expectations. And this is just, it's part of the human condition, but it's ultimately what does cause us to change or not. All right, Ben Killoy, he says, I would prepare by investing in my family and get my heart centered first for what really matters so that I end up where I want to be versus not being centered in heart and ending up in a place I don't know my family. I appreciate the, t the intentionality because we know that we know. We know statistically, you may know it because it's where you find yourself. Uh, you may know somebody else who has not centered themselves and they're, they've ended up in a place that they don't necessarily want to be. And 
folks, I, I can honestly relate to that to a degree of, I have often, and even today ended up in places that I would say, it's not that I don't want to be in that place, but I sure wasn't super intentional about it. And, you know, even to wake up and go, oh my gosh, how did I find myself with nine kids uh, and all that goes with that? Now, would I change that? Well, no. Did I intend that? No. Did I really make a plan for that? Some degrees I did as we went along, but I'm so often surprised that why didn't I be, why wasn't I more intentional uh, prior to really plan out better where I've ended up? Greg Goodman. Uh, Greg, so grateful that you showed up for this. Greg was uh, a business partner of mine. Oh my goodness. How many years ago? 20 years ago. Uh, incredible guy. He says, I would sign up for an Ironman. He says that it's worked for me two other times. I just signed up for my third one in Canada in August. It's scary and it has a mountain and I'm not that good at it, but it seems to focus me. I really like what he says here. It seems to focus me. It sets my days for me and other things seem to benefit from me doing this. My spiritual life grows due to the mantra and scripture patterned to cadence. A nun taught me that business grows from more laser focus on doing the things that have to be done. Home life seems better when I'm taking care of me first folks. That's a big part of a message. I feel led to propagate as much as I can. The importance of taking care of ourselves, uh, treating ourselves. Like I talked about in show seven fifty seven, treating ourselves like a pro uh, so that we will become a pro or we will support the pro that we really already are. But I also appreciate Greg talking about that. So he has, let's call this an outlet for him, this doing an Ironman, which if you don't know, that's swimming, running and cycling and it's races. They have different kinds. Now a true, uh, Ironman length. I mean, it's a triathlon, but uh, the Ironman length is, is super long. It's uh, I can't remember the swim is three miles. The run is, uh, or, or the bike is a hundred miles. The runs a marathon, I think, but he's saying how much it benefits the rest of his life. There was, there were two years of my life. I was a, I was a professional cyclist. There were two years where I was sedentary. Uh, we had a kid, my first kid who kiddo who was born, had some medical issues and we ended up in the hospital for months and changed our lives. And I quit my cycling and somewhere around a year and a half, two years or so, my wife conspired with a local bike shop owner, bought me a bike and said, she said, Kevin, go train. Now she said, she didn't even say go ride, go train. You're a better man when you train. She just knew uh, what it did for me. And it is true when I am pursuing athletics, not to make it about athletics, but when I'm pursuing that I feel better about myself. Life makes more sense to me and I do better everywhere. And I've seen that with people with all kinds of things, hobbies, music, uh, you know, various things. And it doesn't even have to be a hobby, but I don't know what that thing is for you that makes you better overall. And yet we often look at that as a luxury. And if we have time, we feel guilty about doing it only to realize like my wife does that, man, I am better. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. I'm more productive at work. I make more money if I am having these outlets that make me feel better about myself or that just give me joy. Terry Sigler. 
I would quit my job. I'd exercise with a trainer. I'd learn how to eat uh, from a nutritionist. I'd take weekend trips to the scenic areas in Washington. I'd get started on a program with uh, your your doctor friend in Colorado. He's referring to Dr. Randy James, my co-host, and our podcast, uh, The True Life Show. If you haven't checked that out, I would... I would ask you to do that. It is about taking care of yourself so you can be at your best. I would also add, I would get my elderly parents settled. They are still living in their own home, but with a reverse mortgage, many normal elderly health issues and very little money to get help. You know, that brings us to just that question. He would quit his job. Um, you know, that is that is a telling thing. That's a hard place to be in. And it's a place that a lot of people are in, but the reality is that my gosh, if you didn't have to, you wouldn't be doing the job that you're in now. Granted there's kudos to people who are doing what they have to do to put food on the table. I would call that survival mode. And that's not a place you want to live in for a long time. And it also, I don't ascribe to the, Hey, work should just be all fun. You know, if it's not fun, find different work. I do think that you will get the best out of yourself and be a better person. Just like Greg with his triathloning, uh, you'll be a better person if you're involved with work that you do at least care about or find some joy in. And I've seen some folks, and it's not that they were doing something altruistic or thought it was saving the world, but they just had fun. Their job was fun uh, or some that were just, they were int intrigued. It was challenging. You know, it kind of gave them some brain challenge, uh, personal challenge, and they appreciated that. And then of course, some who just maybe things aren't perfect with it, but they believe in the cause of the job, what, what service or product that it, uh, it, it has. Uh, and then some who may not have any of those and they just like the people they work with, the culture, but something, if none of those exist, uh, not dissing your work, I would say you are going to benefit yourself and the world by finding something more fitting. But back to what Terry says, I would exercise, I would eat better. It goes back to that premise of why isn't Terry, why isn't, isn't Kevin doing the things that we would like to have ourselves do because we don't have that perceived guaranteed payoff and the reality is doing those things is what will guarantee a payoff. It may not be a million dollars in 12 months. What if it's, uh, you know, lesser money or what if it's more, uh, what if it's time? What if it's fulfillment, whatever it is, the payoff of doing these types of things is going to be positive. And then it's a question, why don't we do it? And of course we all have excuses. Me too. I've got nine kids. I've got multiple businesses. I, you know, there's not enough, uh, there's not enough time is the easy one that we come to. And yet that's the one that is the most difficult when we really look at it, because most of us, it's pretty significant how much time we actually waste or give to things that aren't that meaningful for our lives. Ashley, uh, Schildneck, she says, if only this offer were real. Number one, I would meal prep to start eating right. I do cardio every day. I'd start walking 20 minutes and then running 10. I'd hit the weights three days a week. If this offer was real, I would quit my current job where I travel away from home every week. That is leaving me physically and mentally drained. I'd take uh, money and pay off current debt, invest the rest to cover future bills. And I'd focus on building my side business as a full time job. I mean, it is weird. I mean, what if we could go around, what if I could go around and cast a spell on people that made them perceive this reality? What, isn't that interesting? If it was all fake and he said, look, if you will do all these things in 12 months, there will be this big payoff. 
and we totally made it up. Wouldn't it be interesting to see what happened to that person, to see what, see them go forth and do those things and see what transpired, see what transpired with their work organically to some degree, uh, what transpired with their health, with their overall wellness. And with that would be their creativity and their decision-making and their hope and joy and fulfillment. Uh, that that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about a perception. What's, what's real, the reality that we live in. And we do the things based on, again, those expectations that we have. And then the bigger question is why have our expectations gotten less? Why are our expectations not bigger? Sophia Hyde. Great question. With a million dollars, I would be able to quit my nine to five. I would prioritize an hour a day for yoga and meditation and another hour for cardio and weight training. The remaining time would be spent focused on caring for my family and home and pouring into the nonprofits I'm involved with to help improve my community. Oh, those nonprofits, I bet they need you now. And then the question is, you know, why don't we have the time? Why don't, why doesn't Sophia have the time? Why don't I have the time to do those things? And if we turn around and look at our lives, well, it's significant. There's a book I'm getting ready uh, to review and interview the author, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it speaks to a lot of this. I wish I had it uh, out. I think it's going to be a few weeks down the road before it publishes. Keith Barton, I would find a place on the ocean with workout facilities, a spa, hire a personal trainer, watch, read as much as I could on personal growth. Scott Preston, fasting and cleansing, prayer and meditation. Warren Wandling, I would continue to follow my yearly plan, but be more relaxed, faith and trust for the results. Gosh, that's a great one there. Sometimes when I look at things. I think gosh, some of the circumstances, the schedule, uh, the, the realities are, are all good. I found, I've literally found myself saying this, gosh, it's every, everything's good. I think I just, uh, you know, I, I generally I've, I've agreed to too many things. Um, and that's my own fault, but a lot of the times it's just, I just need to chill out, take a deep breath. Folks, here's a, a message that I'll probably bring in more depth at a later time, but it's an analogy really impacting to me as I've been reading about this book, the, the ruthless El elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer and some other books as well about the benefits of margin. We're hearing about this more and more and more and more because it's getting to be so acute. The, the negative consequences of not having any margin in our lives. And we look at that and think, ah, oh, it's a luxury. And we even worse have this status attributed a higher status attributed to the person who's super uber busy. And we're, st it's starting to crumble apart. We're starting to see the fallacy of that and starting to see the reality that, uh, the, the wealth and abundance and status should come from those people who have time, who have peace, but here's an analogy. So in my home up, uh, which is 9,300 feet above sea level, um, actually it's right about 92, just a little bit over 92, uh, but our land, some of it's on 93, but our house is there, big house. It's cold up there a lot, admittedly, especially right now as I record this. It's February. We've had some cold days and snow. And we have heat in that thing, but we have this massive wood-burning stove. 
and it will just crank and, and heat the house up, which saves electricity. And it also just feels really good. We love the ambiance of it. So we make a lot of fires. I make a lot of fires. I'm the one that's the most prone to go over there, man. I can make a roaring fly, fire in no time flat. I have become an expert fire builder. And here's the, the magic to be, to making a fire is to leave lots of space. We often, you know, people make a, try to make a campfire and they'll stack logs. If you stack them all uh, the same direction on each other, there's no space. Man, a fire, what is a fire level? It will make that sucker burn fast and quick and hot. Space. Give it space. Put your kindling, your paper, your cardboard, your whatever down. Put a few twigs and branches crossways. Put some smaller branches the other way across those things, leaving, uh, leaving it. You could almost make a teepee. Sometimes when we make a bonfire, we do a teepee. But when I do it in our stove, I almost make it like a crisscross of blocks uh, to a degree. You light it and the flame flickers up to the to the uh to the paper that flickers up to the cardboard flickers up to the branch it catches that fire flickers up to the stick to the uh bigger log and then ultimately the big logs on top and it's amazing that's what i see for my life when i give myself margin and i don't just stack and cram things together i burn brighter it's just a great analogy it, I burn brighter when I do some work and then whew, stop and take a breath and then do some work and go for a walk, do some work, have lunch, do some work and then, you know, and, and rest and give myself these breaks, give myself margin along the way. I burn brighter. I actually get more done because when I am working, it's higher quality. I love the analogy. It's one that we'll be talking about more. Friends, you are listening to The Ziggler Show and this really special show, I think, on our expectations, our belief, and our faith. So I'm going to continue on trying to get through as much of these. I just want to share people's thoughts. I think it will, uh, you'll relate to them, you'll resonate with them, and hopefully it will help shape your perspective. So I'll jump right back in as soon as I share some great products and services with you. Julie Eastburn, she says, I would relax. Um, Bill Phillips, a bodybuilder and author, uses the phrase white knuckling it. I totally do that. For example, I lost five pounds this month because I stopped eating processed sweets, but I'm nervous about the, uh, the Super Bowl party. Uh, but I have, I have a plan. I will stick to the plan and relax away from the, good, from the goodies. Uh, that is great. Kind of goes back to what we talked about before, just having peace amongst what you do. Why do we white knuckle it? And when we think that there's a guaranteed payoff out there, we can breathe deep. When you know you've got a big check coming people like when they think they're going to get their tax return or a bonus at the end of the year for their company, they'll just be more at ease because often people are living month to month and the peace that that guaranteed payoff uh, often gives us. And yet realizing the more at peace that we can make ourselves, we're guaranteeing the payoff. Wendy Melrose, she says, I've already hired a life coach. I'd continue to meet with him. If I invest in the fullest nutrition, uh, I, I, the, currently it's unaffordable. I hire a daily personal trainer. It's interesting. We see the investments that we would make if we thought we could afford it. And I'm wondering if we found a way to afford it, what would that investment do for our lives? Here, this is interesting. Don Peterson, he says, I hate questions like this because the question behind it that I ask myself is, 
If you will do all that self-improvement for money, why won't you do it for yourself right now? Perhaps once the reward is in hand, the person would go back to living the way they started. Most people live the way they want every day. The thing that might change how a person lives might be money, but other things are more life-changing like sickness, disease, and death. Not to rain on your parade, but it seems in this world the hard things are the motivation more often than the unearned blessings. Gregory Byerline follows that up. He says, Don, understood and agreed for the most part. I'll add that most people live the, the way they are able to every day, given their specific situation. Then those who pursue moving the needle live a life progressing toward uh, the way they want to live. And that is, I mean, that is the hard reality of this because if we're talking and, and, and let's say you hear this and you get it and you say, okay, gosh, I would make all these changes. I would, I would strive more. I would invest more. Uh, I would do these things that I see health in if I knew that big payoff is out there that right now we, again, back to that, do we believe that it would make a difference? Uh, and even if we do, it's still the reality of waking up tomorrow and changing your routine. That right there, that, that, that's a book right there. The effort to change your routine. It's amazing how ingrained, how attached we get to our routine and how reticent we are to change it. It has to be a big reason to change our routines because most of us are maxed out. And it doesn't matter if you have no kids, if you have, I have nine kids and I've met somebody, I'll never forget when I met a lady who had 12 kids and I thought, what? that's five more than I have. Is that right? Nine, 10, 11, 12. That's four more than I have. Um, how am I, oh my gosh. It made me feel like I can't, you know, I don't have any room to say anything and it doesn't matter. We all fill our lives up to the max and we think just a subtle shift in our routine is going to put us over the edge. And yet, yeah, if we had this payoff, we, this guaranteed payoff, we, we would do it. It would generally, we would find a way to alter that routine and get more out of ourselves or get better out of ourselves. And I do want to point that out that we think that back when I used to teach self-employment, it was, okay, you've got your side or your day job. Now you've got to go do more. You got to go do more. You got to work in the off hours, work at lunch to try to get this side gig going. And sometimes that is relevant, but a lot of what I see when we're talking about something like this is not necessarily the call that you've got to do more, but you've got to do smarter, which generally means getting rid of the junk and the fluff in your life. And it's easy to point the finger, you know, to get rid of the social media scanning, the news reading that we do. Um, it, it is daunting when we hear so many people talk about how they don't have time and yet the amount of time they spend on entertainment, on a screen. And we've gotten to the point of feeling like that is a, that's a, that's, that's a human right. I mean, that's just what we do. I mean, you've, you've put in a long day you deserve, we really feel entitled to whatever it is, an hour of TV at night, two hours, three hours, four hours, folks, me too, me too. I like doing that. I enjoy that. And a lot of times at the end of the day, I have put in a good effort. I don't necessarily want to think about something, but I can also, I've gotten to the point where I shorten the amount of that screen. If I'm going to do that, or I do a book instead, and I orient my, my evening around getting to bed earlier so I can get up earlier and I can do the things that I want to do. But a lot of times I don't feel like doing that. I just want to serve my appetite in the moment. I get it. John Berkowitz, 
I'd, he says too, I'd hire your doctor friend in Woodland Park. Folks, people keep saying that. It's Dr. Randy James and the practice is truelifemedicine.com. And you can go see that functional medicine. It's a place to come get well. Uh, it's an amazing place. Uh, that's what they're referring to. And most of them know that from, well, I had him here on the show once, but then again, a lot of people are listening to our new podcast, the true life show. So I would come there for a full assessment. Oh, cause people are, it's expensive. That's the point too. They don't, it's not, in, it's not something insurance pays for, but he says, I'd come there for a full assessment for the four of us. So for his family, continue doing the life balance schedule. I currently hold. Um, I work four days a week and sometimes on Saturdays, but I take Friday for a God day and a micro adventure. I pay, I pay off the last of my debt, my wife's student loan, buy a home, hire out all the marketing and dive more into the hearts, minds, and spirits of my employees and contractors and possibly get a Seth Godin MBA. And if you don't know Seth Godin, one of the biggest voices in business and personal development, and he has an alternative MBA that he does. Uh, I love the list, John. TJ Lake, I would do exactly what I'm doing now. I already have a job I love and I am exercising for 45 minutes every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm trying to eat better and tracking everything I eat on my fitness pal. I travel a lot, so I listen to four to six hours of podcasts that challenge me to be a better leader and some others that are just educational to broaden my knowledge of life in general. I haven't always done this, but the last couple of years I've added a new habit every six months uh, or more. You know, I just got back from a uh, trip where I had a few flights. So I spent a good deal of time on the plane and, you know, again, folks, I got it. I, I, with all admission, I love a good fiction book. I enjoy a great movie, but it was a little disappointing to see on a plane how few people even read anymore. Most of them are on a screen that they brought or the TV or, or some of the flights, of course, have TVs on there. And now they have free movies that you can watch. Um, but how few people are actually doing any work. And, you know, it is a good time, I, I think, to just oh, take a breather on a plane. And, and uh, a lot of people are on a plane for fun, going to someplace fun, and you want to do that. So I'm not dissing that altogether. But, boy, I also, for me, it's often a creative time of you can't do anything else. And I'll sit there and work on ideas and write or, or uh, listen to something that's not true. I don't listen to much because I have a hard time with auditory processing, but I will read and read good messages that really get my mind thinking. And I think it's just something good for us to budget. Uh, again, especially when we look at the entertainment culture that we're in to budget, how much entertainment uh, do we want for ourselves and how much time for learning and growth? Um, Monica Fernandi, she says, my thought is don't wait for the million dollars. We already have the abundance, but perhaps we need to look at it differently. Some of the greatest gifts don't cost anything as in the air we breathe, but could ultimately breathe much deeper than we do. This alone would help calm the mind, detox the body and energize your day. Do we need a million bucks to do all the things that we should? Not really. Uh, the time is now to make hap habits, habits happen, right? I believe it's just the mindset that starts with small, important steps that will lead us to the next higher level. Having just climbed a Mount Everest base camp last October to raise awareness and funds for clean water accessibility, my gears have shifted a bit and my business mission statement is fueled with grow strength within. 
I help open people's eyes to seeing their strengths deep within. It's been a long time coming for me, but I have to say, I feel as if I have a million bucks to share with the world. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, to uh, have done the Mount Everest base camp. I can't imagine doing Mount Everest itself. Even going to the base camp, though, is daunting. Great to see that inspiration. Sean Langways is interesting question uh, predicated on conditional motivation by an unknown employer benefactor in, in exchange for a reward paid in advance. This question for me raises too many other questions to be able to answer. Now I want more information and also would need to assess whether my personal need goal desire aligns with those outlined, uh, but top mental and physical health and the million dollars, uh, that's, that's enticing. Yeah. You know, the, I intended the question to really be that that payoff would happen in 12 months. What would we do now with the life we have, the income we have, the time we have, what do we do now to be in that shape, to warrant that payoff? And of course, the bigger question is if we did that now over the next 12 months, what type of shape and reality would we have created at the end of that time? Jennifer says, easy. I'd quit my job pronto, hire the best trainers and nutritionists in the world, move away from home with its distractions and comforts of Wi-Fi, TV, and responsibilities, hire someone to manage my life, uh, the bills, home, etc. Basically move to a deserted island <laughs> with Gunnar Peterson, Jamie Oliver, Warren Buffett, and Charles Stanley. And I'd want uh, Tig Natato as my roommate so I could laugh about my situation. That's just fun. Terry Johnson, I wouldn't have any work pressure so that time and energy could be re-diverted to having the proper time and energy to meal prep and train. Come to think of it, maybe this should be just as important as work. I agree. Mary Rose McGuire, I'm kind of already doing this. I have to exercise first thing in the morning. That's before a shower, breakfast, anything. Otherwise, it just doesn't get done. Exercise to me is sort of like eating that frog, as Mark Twain said. After I do it, though, I feel great. Yeah, it's funny. I've always played that game with myself, Mary, where uh, if, I, if I'm going to shower, I have to exercise first. So if a day goes by and, I, man, I need a shower, it's, it's, i, I got to fit something in. It's just a fun game that I play with myself. I'll never forget it was uh, Jack LaLanne, if some of you guys are old enough. That's, that's actually before my time, but being in, involved in health and wellness, I knew of him jack elaine and he said people often ask him is it okay to skip a day of uh skip a day of working out exercising and he said sure just on that day don't eat i think that's a good motivator ah jason jamar says i would kayak across the usa again so probably 25 years ago maybe not that long 23 22 years ago jason jamar walked across america and i had the uh, i had the fun of him staying with us he stopped and stayed with us on uh, during his trip for a while myself my family probably had two kids i would guess maybe we had three at that point and we were in outside of nashville in, in franklin tennessee absolutely actually Alan says, absolutely. The reason I don't do these things now is because I'm working 70 plus hours a week and I don't have time or energy to put aside for these things. And that is a hard reality. And one that I know a lot of people listening are within and no easy answers. I'm not the guy who's going to sit here and just say, just do it, press harder, push harder. But you know, obviously being in that place, it, we are faced with that reality, pithy statement, but nothing changes until something changes. And if we don't do it, generally something changes against our will. We lose the job for whatever reason, or we lose our health and something is going to manifest that we wish wouldn't. Uh, so it's a good call it to look at how we can change it before something changes against our will. 
Manuel says, thanks for the question, Kevin. I'd use the money to open a gym and pour every bit of effort into helping others get what they want physically. I do this now, but don't yet have the revenue to open my own gym yet. I like that goal. Kent uh, Burr says, and see you at the top. Zig says, we are already in charge of a multi-million dollar facility. Uh, for me, the physical plant, it, uh, physical plant is fine. It's those dang executives in my boardroom that are slowing it down. Tracy Fredericks says, I wouldn't wait for someone to give me the money. I want it bad enough to go and get it for myself. I would do what I love, which fulfills me and the money will come and it will be more than $1 million. You know, again, not to just, uh, not to minimize it, but that is the reality of what we see. The people that I have on the show who have had big successes, they generally have done that work, that hard work. That's why they are at the place that we, that they are. And yet so often, uh, we don't, we don't make that effort. I think again, we're back to that crisis of faith, crisis of belief and the expectation Laura says, already there, Laura Rayburn, already there, but given a choice, I'd work for 10-hour days and have more weekend to spend with kids, family, and friends. Katarzyna, she says, I'd invest the million I get today in my environment. That's the one thing I can change with money. I'd use some of the million to enroll in classes and get my brain training on for the job at the end of 12 months. The physical training would be done on my own. That's up to me. No money needed. Dennis Durrell, easy. I'd make an appointment with Dr. Randy and fly to Colorado, make a plan. That is interesting that I'm getting those responses. One more folks, Dan Brandenburg. He says, my first steps, I'd hire a live-in chef with a background in nutrition. Huge bonus if they're also a fitness coach. Uh, immediately I would begin again, daily hikes with increasing intensity. There are a couple of mountains I used to run up for this purpose. I've always loved trail running. I'd absolutely, I'm absolutely not a gym person. So I would be looking for some kind of endurance and strengthening outdoor activity, which is also fun, such as rowing. I would consider a part-time job with a moving company. The pay, uh, the pay sucks, but lifting stuff all the time just seems great. I would move closer to some of my favorite trails. I would immediately go vegan and find ways to stay fit and get the nutrition I need from a plant-based diet. Well, the sharing was great. I'd love to keep reading more, but folks, you get the idea here. And the big question is here are the things we would do if the payoff was guaranteed, but would we do them guaranteeing a payoff? Don't know what that is, but there we are to faith and belief. Uh, it's a big perspective. It's a relevant perspective. I would just ask you not to discount this, to think about it, dwell on it and question how you could apply this to your life. Well, folks, coming up in episode 759, I got a great show for you. As of this published episode, we're considering a schedule change. So you'll just have to tune in and be surprised. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. Mm -hmm.